Uh, turn with me in the, your Bibles to Matthew. Turn with me to Matthew chapter 5. God is good. Did you guys have fun with Nancy? Did she saddle up pretty good? She rode the gospel horse. <laughs> that's what us preachers, that's what we say. Us preachers like myself probably only say that. But, uh, just, just the weird ones. Okay, let's go to Matthew chapter 5. Uh, sorry, Matthew 6, 33. I want to talk on this principle. You know, I try to do the Sunday schools on leadership, things that will bless you because you're seeking after God. You're wanting to impact people's lives. Many of you are transforming your families. Uh, you're building up your, your life. You know, young adults here seeking after the Lord, going for a career in ministry. Others of you are just seeking the Lord in your career. And I want you to see a principle that we as leaders always have to remember. It's in... Uh, Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, it's at the end of a passage, and I'll see if I have time to read it all. I, I doubt that I will, but I encourage you to read the whole passage. But here's the conclusion to the passage. Verse 33, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Let's read that together. One, two, three. But seek first his kingdom and all these things will be given to you as well. The message I want to talk to you today about is seeking first God's kingdom. You see, when you come to church, I understand that there's a sacrifice, okay? Now, you, you have to remember, I haven't always been a pastor, right? So I know what it's like being a young person and my parents taking me to church and having to get up early and, and, you know, get ready. And then when my mom wanted to stay later or my dad who played the drums, you know, wanted to do things, I remember the sacrifice it was. I also remember my parents opening up their home on small group nights, Friday night, and I would want to go out with my friends, but I would have to stay in the house because I would hang out with the kids in my bedroom and I would play video games and watch, you know, TGI Friday with them. Nancy, you remember that? We talked about that. You know what I'm talking about, Full House and all those shows? Okay. That's what I would do. Now, for those of you who are coming to this church, you might sometimes feel like there's a disconnect between this world and then your world out there. Okay? And I remember feeling that. You know, like I would go to church on Sunday. Maybe there would be a great speaker or something awesome would happen in youth group. Or we would take trips. And then when everything was said and done, I went to school. And then when I went to school, there's ungodly people, there's temptation, there's tests, okay? And that was how I was brought up. I really didn't serve the uh, – I wasn't a, um, an adult in my time of going to church and all that because once I got saved, I became a leader. But some of you, you know, you're adults and you go to church and then you go to your job and then you see a boss. He doesn't love the Lord. And then you have to deal with customers and employees and, uh, you know – people on the streets that you're arresting, you know, different things. And you might sometimes feel like there's a disconnect. Like, here is the kingdom of God, and here is the kingdom of this world. How do I connect these two together? Are you getting where I'm coming from here? That's what I want to talk about. How do you seek the kingdom of God when you're out there? You know, how do you do it when you're standing in line uh, like um, – like Danny was telling me, he's standing there at the checkout counter. He's the clerk, you know, at, at uh, Kmart. He's the person, and there's disgruntled customers. How do you bring the kingdom of God into that place? As my brother Corey's working at Teen Challenge, and you got a guy that wants to test your salvation. You know what I'm saying? He wants to see how sanctified you really are. You know, how do you apply these principles with, with Ish on the job? And he's dealing with employees that maybe have no respect for God. They take his name in vain or they're you know not listening to him and he has to raise his voice and almost talk to them as they talk to each other are you are you guys getting what i'm saying i want you to see that the bible was written to to explain this to you when you read this passage here in matthew chapter 6 what Jesus is now dealing with as it says in the niv's treasures in heaven it's dealing with the people who are looking at how we gather things in this world and how those things are important, like our houses, our clothes, our food. And he's telling them, you can't seek those things first, because if you seek those things first, you're actually going to lose eternal life. 
But he was saying, but if you seek eternal life first, you'll get eternal life, which is, of course, the the greater treasure, and you'll get all these other things. And so how I want you to look at your life, as the Bible says, doing all things unto Christ, I want you to see that the kingdom of God is actually on your job. It's there with you. It may not be in your co-worker's heart. It may not be in your boss's heart. It may not be in the uh, woman who's buying those clothes and she's now upset because the wrong tag was on there and she's yelling at you, Danny. It may not be in her heart, but it can be in yours. And the Bible says, don't look for the kingdom of God like it's here, there, or somewhere. But he said, the kingdom of God is within you. So what do you do in those situations? Can I get some water, Eddie Berto? Because I'm like, some, I'm low on some oil right now. I need an oil change. Help me, Jesus. 58 Chevy right here. Come on. <clears throat> Woo! After a week of street preaching, it's catching up with me. I was drinking honey, sucking on lemons just to get by. I want you to see that verse, 33. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. Can you just take off the cap for me? I'm just, can you guys just look at that verse as I drink this? Amen. Oh, can I get a mint too, please, brother? Thank you. Seeking first his kingdom and his righteousness. Let's start with seeking first the kingdom of God. That means in every situation... You ask the question, will this glorify God? So I'm seeking his kingdom. Thank you. Just put up one in my hand, please. This, this, I needed you to do this. That's okay. It's hard to serve sometimes, especially when you're high maintenance like me, like a little Madonna. And I wanted it green. No, I'm kidding. I'm just teasing. He drops it in my mouth. He holds the bottle for me. Yes. Or he can do like what we did with Pastor Mitt, and Ricky can tell you. We had to get Pastor Mitt a certain type of drink, because he was translating for me in India. We had to get him a certain type of drink, and then we had to have a straw. So I'm preaching. He stops. Everybody like this is looking at us. He gets his drink finally, and then just in front of everybody, he just drinks it. Like It takes him like five minutes to drink, and then we can go on preaching. But at least it wasn't as bad as Ishmael, who in the middle of translating caught something in his throat, and then we had to go to the hospital to get him fixed. And then from that point on, like in the middle of him translating, he would just go, eh, 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 and we would all freak out, and we would start running mints to him, and we would start like putting, we would rub like the, the vapor on him, we were rubbing him down with that stuff. Praise the Lord. See, Sunday school is fun. Okay, so watch this question. Uh, Look how this applies to our lives. Does this glorify God? Okay, so now you're on the job, and there's a problem, and you're going to solve that problem. How are you going to seek the kingdom of God? You're going to ask God in your heart, is the decision that I'm going to give going to glorify you? And I don't know any boss that doesn't appreciate honesty, that doesn't appreciate uh, forthrightness, excellence, integrity, good morals are you understanding so you're going to become a better employee you're going to become a better mom you and i are going to become better parents we're going to become better people out in this world when we ask ourselves that question in life situations does this glorify god me reacting in this situation does it glorify god now there's two ways to look at how you're going to act. There is reacting and there is acting. Now, this is just a play on words, but, but it can help you understand. Reacting is a reflex to something. Are you getting this? Okay. Somebody does something to you, you react, you reflex. It's like the, the doctor hits your knee, boom, it comes right out. Boom, there it is. There is a reaction that comes without thinking. So the first way is to do things without thinking. Acting is to take a moment and then think it through. So how do you seek the kingdom of God in in your everyday life? Is you ask yourself before you react, God, how do I act to give you glory? Is the action I'm going to take going to give you glory? You see, that's how we seek his kingdom. The second thing is, is his righteousness. Seek ye first his kingdom, and his righteousness. So what is the righteousness of God? How do you seek it? The righteousness of God is the right behavior. The right behavior. How does it mean to be righteous? Acting right. 
So you ask yourself the second question, is what I'm doing right? Right. You see, today people have lost common sense, haven't they? Sense is not that common anymore, is it? Think about it. It's not that common. People say, man, I wish people had more common sense. You know why they don't have common sense? Because it's not common. The second thing is you ask yourself, is it right? Well, of course, if it's going to glorify God, it's going to be right. But you also want to ask yourself, is it going to be right? Because it helps you always to determine, is what I'm doing right? You're asking yourself this. Is what I'm doing, number one, glorifying God? And number two, is it right? So that's how we apply God's principles into our life. That's how we do it. Because sometimes we feel like, oh, I don't know if I can pray in tongues on my job. You probably can't. If you probably prayed on tongues on your job, you would get fired and they'll think you're a weirdo, right? That's just the way it is. But you know what you can do? You can ask God to use you to glorify him in every decision that you make. You can ask God to give you right decisions. Now, what is the promise that he says he gives you? It says, if you seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, all these things will be given to you. So what are the things that we desire? Let's go through the major principles of our life, okay? It's God, family, career, right? Well, if I seek God, his kingdom and his righteousness, the things of God are going to be added unto me. So let's start with that. I want peace in my life. I want joy. You want patience, kindness, all of the fruit of the Spirit. The things that we desire will come when we do what? Seek His kingdom and His righteousness. How about spiritual giftings? We want to lay hands on the sick. We want to see them recover. We want to see our ministries grow. We want to see discipleship grow. We want to see people mature in the Lord. Amen? How do we do that? We're always asking God, will this glorify you, Lord? Is this the right thing? Okay, now let's go to our family. How do we see a peaceful family? How do we see our children raised up in the fear and admonition of God? How do we see the people in our family be at peace, be at joy, and have the fruit of the Spirit? Well, we seek God and His kingdom. We ask ourselves, is what we're doing in our family glorifying God? Is the movies that we're allowing our family to watch, are they glorifying God? Are the things we're doing in our free time glorifying God? Because sometimes good things are not God things. It may be a good thing. Thing to be a part of karate, baseball, soccer, and basketball, but it may not be a God thing because it takes your children out of your home and has the coach and the karate sensei teaching your children the things of life. Because if you're only with them for an hour a day, parents, and they're with them for 10 hours a day, who do you think's making the impact? So it's not just saying, what is a good thing for my family? No, what is a God thing? And then moving down to your career. Well, if you seek God in your career, you're asking God for wisdom. Daniel worked in a wicked empire called Babylon, and yet he was the best governor out of all the governors of Babylon. Why? Because he sought God three times a day in prayer and asked God for wisdom. So whether it's in your family, whether it's in your career, or your relationship with God, the principle to having things added unto you, the principle of increasing comes from always seeking God and His glory. What's best for God? What's going to make God's name look? the greatest what's going to make him proud what's going to have people give him praise what is going to give him honor and then what's going to be the right thing are you with me now here's the principle that comes right after that in verse 34 therefore do not worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will worry about itself each day has enough trouble of its own how many need to hear that today do not worry put your trust in god Three major categories, your relationship with God, your relationship with your family, your relationship with your career. The principle works the same in every one of them. You're not going to worry. Okay? Are there things in your relationship with God that you want to see more of? Yes. I want to see every chair filled, every service, standing room only, with people lining up out the front door. Okay? But until that happens, am I to worry about that? Am I to worry about that? Am I to worry about today how many chairs are going to be filled? How would you guys like to work a full two weeks and then you look into a magic bucket to see how much you got paid? That's what I do. I look into that tithes and offerings every week and I say, dude, do I even get to pay my bills this week? Because there are some times where this is not a lot of tithes and offerings. Imagine that you've worked two weeks and it's just like, hey, it could be there, it could not be there. 
That's what it's like for me. But you know what God tells me not to worry? He says, Joe, I'll provide for you. And he has. Same thing with you. You're looking at your paycheck. You say, how am I going to make things work? The principle is you don't worry. Maybe you're right now pulling your family together, making tough decisions. Maybe there's people that are not following you, a child, a husband, you know, somebody in your life, a parent. You know what? You need to trust God, not worry. Are you seeing the principle here? Seek first his kingdom. God is what I'm doing glorifying you. I'm going to be obedient. Is what I'm doing right? Seek first his righteousness. And then don't worry. We place it in God's hands. You know, an example that I can give you today is an example that my dad told during the time of tithes and offerings. You know, uh, one time in our church there was a few disgruntled adults, and they ended up leaving the church, and it had to do with tithes and offerings. They were in leadership, and they had signed a contract, not that they would give tithes and offerings, but that they would follow the leadership requirements of a leader. And one of them is tithes and offerings. You get, you get it? It wasn't just be a tither, sign your name here, you're going to tithe. No, it, it's are you going to not drink and smoke and do all these crazy things? Are you going to read your Bible and pray? Are you going to give a tithe? Are you guys getting it? And they signed it. Well, they stopped tithing, and the Lord convicted them, and they confessed it, and they said, Pastor, we haven't been tithing. And I said, well, you know what? Then that means you lied, and I love you, but you've got to step down on leadership. You can't be leading people. They were leading our Latino ministry, and I said, you can't do that because you were, you were living a lie. You were asking others to tithe, and you yourself were not tithing. That's hypocrisy. And then I said, are you willing to do that? And they said no, and they were not willing to do that. And a whole confusion came out of this because they left the church and then they went to another church and they told their sob story. Now, how many know when somebody's been done wrong, they can tell it like nobody else can tell it? Come on, how many know people know how to gossip about themselves and another piece? This to make themselves look good. You know what I'm saying? Nobody knows. Mm-hmm. So all of a sudden, and Liz can tell you about this because they went to the principal of a school. I mean, they were telling everybody about how bad Metro Praise was. And here was their sob story. We were losing our job, and we had no money. We couldn't eat, and there was no food on the table. They became Southern, okay. No food on the table, and we couldn't eat. And we went to the church for help, and they couldn't help us. But all they told us was, we want your money. We want your money. And then when we told them we ain't got no money, they told us to leave the church. And we told them, please don't make us leave. But they made us leave anyway. And then they embarrassed us and told everybody we weren't leaders. The devil is a liar. Somebody say the devil's a liar. See, when you start talking like that, just know you're a liar. Come on. When you know you put a southern accent to what you're saying, just know you're lying. Amen. Praise the Lord. And so the truth was, you know what the truth was? They never told us any of that. They never told us they were struggling. They never told us they lost their job. They never told us anything. And when we gave them the opportunity to to tell us those things, they didn't want to meet with us. And so what was all of that from? Was it what was it really uh you know God saying, don't tithe because you're so broke, busted, and disgusted. I understand you can be cursed and yet get blessed. Think about it. That's what they were saying. No, you know what it was? It was they stopped seeking God's kingdom. They stopped wanting to give glory to God. They stopped doing what was right. And the devil came in and ate their lunch and told them all these lies. And when it came to me as a pastor interacting with me, they couldn't say anything that was right. They didn't have any heart to make it right. And when they left wrong, they said it wrong. You see, my friends, it all turned out for the bad. So what I did is I then asked my dad, who's a, you know, a man who's tied this whole life, longer than I've ever been born, okay, and I wanted somebody to come in here and talk about tithing, and just talk about seeking God with your income and how it works. And he told this story, and some of you remember it. My dad had a business. uh, It was tax accounting and doing accounting with taxes, and he had two locations, and he said, you know what, I want to start a business. And he wanted to start a gas station that had like a 7-Eleven built into it. He picked a prime location, and he said, you know, I feel that this This is the place, and he took all of his money, and he invested it in another business. But that business cost him a half a million dollars. He lost everything. 
After he ended up selling that business on the edge of bankruptcy, somebody bought it, and now it's one of the best-paying gas stations. And my dad said it was just he couldn't get the right company to work with them selling gas. Every time he had a gas company, they kept charging him too much. But he had the right idea. But here's what he said out of that. He never stopped giving to God. He never stopped. He said, God, I'm going to be faithful to you even when everything seems like it's going wrong. God, I'm going to give you glory. God, I'm going to keep going to church. I'm going to keep serving the Lord. And I'm going to give you the best of what I have. And you know what? After that was crushed, and it took everything from him, he started at another company, American Express, as a financial planner at the bottom. And he was in his late 40s. And he started as a new man at the bottom of the totem pole at his late 40s. And you know what? He said, God, I'm going to be faithful. I'm going to start learning this company. I'm going to start learning the principles of this company. I'm going to make decisions that would glorify you. I'm going to do what's right in a way that puts you first and that people will know I'm serving you. And you know what? My dad became the number one in his division of what he did at that company. Number one out of 500 other people who did what he did within five years, he became number one. And that's the truth. And I remember one time I came home, and, my, and our town is about 300,000, and we, so we have the minor league teams, and there's indoor football there, kind of like what Ditka has out there in the suburbs. And I remember my dad had rented out a box. You know, this is like the big thing out there, you know, the box seating, you know, like you can oversee the whole field. And he invited his clients, and he said, this is a way of me saying thank you for, for what you've done for my business because I've become number one in this, and I've become blessed. And he said, I want to thank you for being a part of this. He brought his employees there. He brought their families. And I happened to come there, and my dad said in front of all of them, he said, you know what? I thank God for everything that he's done through this business. And if it wasn't for God, I couldn't do this. Now, this is my son. He's going to pray for us before we enjoy this night. And if anybody wants to accept Jesus into their heart, I want you to come see me or my son because it's all about God. How many know that that's God saying, that's my boy right there? My friends, that's what God wants to do with each and every one of us. But you've got to seek first his kingdom. You've got to seek first his righteousness. And you can't stop because of the trouble. Don't worry about the trouble, the Bible says. The Bible says tomorrow's going to have trouble. The next day is going to have trouble. So there it is. Don't worry about it. It's going to be there. But understand this. There's an answer for every trouble you face. And his name is Jesus. Amen. Jesus is the answer for the world today. Above him there's no other. Jesus is the way. Come on. See, Jesus is the answer, my friends. And I want to encourage you with that today. You may feel like you're losing everything. Hold on to God and His kingdom. Represent His kingdom well. Do the right thing and He'll bless you. You might be saying today, Pastor, there's so many things I can worry about. Don't worry about them. Place them in God's hands. He says if you're faithful and little, He'll give you much. It doesn't mean everything works out. It doesn't mean everything turns out for the good immediately. But He says all things will work out for the good for those who are called. Amen? Amen. Let's stand up on our feet together. Leilani, would you come to the keyboard, please? I just want to pray for you today in closing of our Sunday school that you will just trust God today with a new heart of just dependency, leaning on Jesus. Sometimes we see that disconnect. The reason why it's there is because we didn't invite the Holy Ghost onto our job that day. If you feel like you're on your job and you're like, man, this don't feel like church at all. I feel like I'm a million miles away from God. You know why? It's because you didn't invite the Holy Spirit there. I want to encourage you, when you wake up tomorrow and you start your job, just say, Holy Spirit, come with me. Now you might say, well, Pastor, isn't he going to be there with me anyway? Why do I have to tell him to come? He's not a puppy dog. But you know what it is? It's for you. It's for you to voice it. See, it's faith. It's you saying, Holy Ghost, come on with me. I need you today. And when you're on your job, just saying, Holy Ghost, I thank you. You're here. And it's, and it's just in your heart. It's just in your mind. You know, I remember one time I was a troublemaker. I don't know if you all can believe this, but at one time I was a troublemaker. And I remember I was being counseled. And I was just a devil's child. I was a devil's child. I was a bad boy. 
And I came to this counselor high on drugs. And I was vulgar, man. I, I mean, you know, like they say, just share your heart. I was like, I just effing feel like I was just cursing just to freak this guy out. And I was high on drugs. And I remember his name was Homer. My parents will tell you about this dear old saint of God, gray-haired guy. He ended up passing away a few years later. I just remember he would just kick back in his chair. And he would just close his eyes. And I would say, you know, what are you doing? He said, I'm just praying for you. And it would send the, just the Holy Ghost fear up and down my spine. I, would just, I could feel the devil getting just angry inside of me because I could feel the Holy Ghost coming and just convicting. You know what I'm saying? He would just close. I'm just praying. My friends, your prayers and your intimacy with the Holy Spirit can change the environment that you're in. Maybe you can't do that on your job. Just close your eyes. Maybe they'll think you're kooky. But in the middle of that meeting, you can just say, Lord, I need you now. Give me some wisdom. How do I deal with this customer? God, how do I deal with this situation? God, I need you. Or maybe you need to dismiss yourself, go on a lunch break, and just say, Lord, I need you. Get in your car. Go get your McDonald's and say, God, I need you. Maybe it's for mothers. Let me tell you a story about Suzanne Wesley. Suzanne Wesley raised 12 children in the Wesley family, okay? They were all crazy. They were young, running around. And she would get to the point where she would pull up her apron over her head, and she would tell the kids, when you see Mama pull up the apron, she's praying. Don't mess with her. Come on, mamas. Sometimes you just got to pull up the apron and say, God, I just need you right now. Give me peace with my family. Before you raise your hand out of anger, before you act a way you'll regret, just pull up that apron and say, I just need to talk to you right now, Lord. Come on. Being in school, students, I can remember me studying. Somebody say studying. I'm not talking about being lazy. Studying. Say it again. Studying. Okay, we're not asking God to give you some supernatural revelation of something you didn't study. God, give me the word of wisdom right now. Oh, Lord, I accept the word of knowledge. Where is Samaria on this map, oh, Lord? Where is Samaria? Oh, God, I need that word of wisdom. Prophecy come. I'm not talking about that. Studying all night. I would be so tired, and I just remember I would pray before every test and every time I study. I do it to this day. Before I ever started writing every one of the pages of this book, I feel the Holy Ghost right now as I'm saying this. Every time before I wrote, wrote a page, I say, God, help me. Are you with me? I remember coming to study and being so tired and then being at that test and me just taking a moment saying, God, help me remember what I study. And this, that peace coming. You see, how do we make the connect from the kingdom of God and the kingdom of this world? It's in your heart. You bring the kingdom of God where you go. You bring the peace of God where you go. You bring the Holy Spirit. And lastly, one other example. One of the hardest examples I've ever had to witness in my life. Joe from the Calio. We won him to the Lord from the projects of New Orleans. And Joe came to me one day, and he said, Pastor, I'm praying God is blessing. And I said, that's great, man. He says, but you know what? i got to pray in the bathroom. And I said, Joe, why do you got to pray in the bathroom? He says, because there's drugs in my house all the time. He said, Pastor, will you pray for me that I don't quit? That's what he said to me. You know, Joe made a decision. If nobody else in his house was going to serve the Lord, he would serve the Lord. And if that dirty old bathroom was the only place he could find peace, he would go there. You see, my friends, what's our excuse? Well, my job is hectic, Pastor. Well, get up early before your job and pray and invite the Holy Spirit there. Well, Pastor, you don't understand. My house is crazy. My parents are crazy. My brother is crazy. Then get yourself in the bathroom and pray. Pastor, you don't understand. I'm studying all the time. I'm not a smart person. Let me tell you something. Start memorizing the Word of God. He'll increase your memory because the Bible says through His words you'll know all things. He says, I've hid your word in my heart. You know how I smoke so many drugs. My friends will tell me stories I don't remember. They got the picture. They got the video, the t-shirt. Do you remember when you did that? It was crazy, man. I don't even remember it. 
But I can remember what Brother Anthony taught me in Bible college. You know why? Because God gave me back a supernatural memory. Because I started memorizing the Word. And I said, God, change my mind. Give me back brain cells. Do what you got to do, Lord. I don't want to forget these tests. The kingdom of God and His righteousness. And then lastly, because I want to pray for this today. Don't worry. Don't worry. They say worry, anxiety, and stress. What does it do? It will kill you and it takes away your life. It takes it away. You will right now begin to die inwardly. Your stress will begin to cause you to lose hair. We know this. We always kid around, you know, but that's true. Your stress will cause ulcers. Your stress will begin to cause you to have anxiety. You'll begin to treat people a certain way and you'll cause an environment to change to what you're feeling and then you'll say everybody feels that way. Well, the only reason why everybody feels that way is because you're stressed out all the time. If you weren't stressed out all the time, people would start chilling out around you. You get what I'm saying? We're going to pray against all the worry today. Amen? Father, I thank you today for children of God that want to live according to your word. You said if we seek first your kingdom and your righteousness, all things will be added unto us. Right now where you're at, just begin to say, God, I seek your kingdom in blank. And put blank right where you're at today. God, I seek your kingdom in my family. I seek your kingdom on the job. God, I seek your kingdom in what I'm going through in school. Come on, just put God in your situation. How does God come to your situation? Through you. Through you. You bring the Lord where you go. How did Daniel bring God into Babylon? Because God was with Daniel. He said He'll never leave you nor forsake you. Come on, the church doesn't stop on Sunday. You are the church. You are the temple of God. It should move where you move. Go where you go. The peace doesn't just end on Sunday. The joy, the happiness... Come on, God, I bring you into my situation right now. God, I bring you into my world, into the daily grind of where I'm at every day. I bring you there, Lord. Come on, now, secondly, begin to say, God, let me do what's right. You might be facing a situation right now and just ask God for righteousness to do what is right. God, I want to do what's right in my marriage. God, bring it together. God, I want to do what's right with my children. Oh, God, I want to obey my parents. Do what's right. God, I want to do what's right on the job. I'm facing a situation. God, I want to be righteous. Come on, the Bible says if you ask for wisdom, He'll give you wisdom. Hallelujah. Jesus, wisdom. Wisdom, righteousness, right living, We're tired of making wrong decisions. We want right decisions. We want actions that will glorify your nature, your character. And lastly, right now, just release the worry. Say, God, I will not worry about blank anymore. Come on, fill in the blank today. I will not worry about my money anymore. I will work hard. I will glorify you. I will make right decisions. And now I trust you. I won't worry about where the money's coming from. You created the stars and the sky, the earth, the sun, the moon. God, you created it all. You can make a new opportunity for me. You can have a new business for me. You can have a new job for me. God, you can do what I can't do. Come on. I trust you with my husband, God. I trust you. I won't worry about my husband. I won't worry about my kids, my wife. I do the right thing. I put your kingdom first, and now I trust you. I won't let worry and stress take away your good in my life. Jesus, I declare today over this church, we will see the kingdom of God come into our lives. Oh, Lord, let it start with me. More of your kingdom. More of your righteousness. I declare, O God, that when we do these things, you will add unto us all things. All things. All things. All things, O God. Hallelujah, Jesus. You are a good God. You are a good God. Come on, some of you now just need to praise Him and thank Him because worry will take your praise. You need to thank Him anyhow. We thank You, Lord. 
we bless your name today, Jesus. We bless your name, Lord. Oh, gracias, Señor. Thank you, God. Come on, just take the next three minutes just to love on God right now. You, if you want to sit and meditate, you want to look at that scripture, if you want to come to the altar, I'm going to give you three minutes to let it soak in your soul. Just begin to sing a song, Lilani, from your heart. And just, come on, let's just tell the Lord in these next few moments that you're going to seek Him in all that you do. Because that's where it's at today. It's at a place of peace in the kingdom. I lay down my pride as you search me again. Come on, just sing that part again, girl. And I'll follow you there, Jesus. To the place where we meet. Can you see that on your job? There's a place you can meet with Him. You lay down that pride and say, God, I need your help. Your unfailing love, Jesus. Do you know that God loves us today? He loves you. His love cannot fail you. In any situation you and I face, it cannot fail. Unfailing love over me again. One more time, and I'll follow you there to the place where we meet. You know where that place is? A secret place with you and God. If you don't have one, find one in your life today, on your job. Places where you meet with God and you lay your pride down and He searches your heart. Come on, His unfailing love. Jesus. God, we seek Your kingdom. Your righteousness. Yes, God, and I lay down my pride as you search me again. Your unfailing love.
Why don't you just hold somebody's hand right now? We're going to close out this time of Sunday school. So glad to see some of our visitors coming. The third Sunday of every month, we just take time to speak to the leaders and everybody's welcome. Father, I thank you, Lord, that you're giving us the ability to seek your kingdom. That, God, you're taking away worry and you're giving us peace. Hallelujah. You're giving us joy. Overflowing, abundant joy. Oh, God, I thank you for it today. Lord, let us now carry it. Be carriers of it, God. Everywhere we go. And not worry. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, can you bless the Lord today? Come on.